it was fine. The legs are just crispy bits. You couldn't really tell Ooh. what they were. Yeah. When you bite into the abdomen, it can have some sort of gooey, oh, sort of God. almost <laughs> poached insides. Uh, so that's a bit weird. <laughs> was that the weirdest, do you think? Or no. Uh, no. Tuesday and welcome back to Comes with Baggage. This is Caitlin. This is Chris. And, and Kate is hungover. I am. <laughs> it was... I'm just gonna band-aid that. <laughs> yeah, so be forewarned for this upcoming episode. No, um, yesterday was the fourth, well, we're recording on the 5th of July for next Tuesday's episode, but um, so yesterday was the 4th of July Independence Day here in America, and of course that means lots of drinking and shenanigans and so i'm not terrible i'm actually pretty good i ate pizza last night which is kind of outside my new vegan diet but you know i was drunk and <laughs> i needed food and i had nothing in the house <laughs> um it doesn't so, count when you're drunk everyone knows that yeah so uh i ate pizza last night before i went to bed and i had quite a few glasses of water when i went to sleep and woke up so i'm feeling a lot better now but at the beginning of this interview i was a little tired <laughs> how are you doing nice I'm good. I'm good. I've had a I had a week of a, a friend of mine was visiting from China, uh, a, a English friend visiting from China. But uh, we had this big week planned: scuba diving, beach days, pool parties, and then the night before he flew in, he got uh, pushed through a glass table <gasps> by a drunk person, oh and so gosh. he had to get a bunch of stitches in his arm. So he was fine, but at one a.m. the night before he flew in, he's like, "Yeah, uh, we have to cancel the scuba." And so for the week, it ended up just being us having meals with him because. We couldn't scuba dive. We couldn't go to the beach. He's not really a cultural guy. Yeah. Um, the most we did, we walked around uh, Hoyan's old town catching Pokemon uh, in <laughs> Pokemon Go. The three of us for a good four hours. But uh, yeah, so I feel a bit bad. He didn't get the full experience, but I still feel the full experience is worth of like, just I'm tired. I want to be antisocial now. Yeah. Um, like all I want to do this weekend is, is chill, but I think we're supposed to be going to a, a local amusement park tomorrow with a group of people. So um, pray for me, because I am not the social <laughs> butterfly I once was. No, you're not. Do you like amusement no. parks? I do. I love amusement parks, uh, but I've been to this one before, so it's not. It's not. There's nothing new and exciting, but it's got good. It's got a good roller coaster. It's it's got a, a, a water park, which is which is good when you got a crowd. Um, it's Vin Pearl Land. It's always empty because they built a theme park like south of Hoi An and Hoi An's kind of as far south as tourists go and then they fly <laughs> the rest of the way to Ho Chi Minh. Yeah. So I've never seen many people there. So that's nice. At no least queues. you won't have to wait in line. Yeah, and yeah. it's a 15-minute motorbike ride from my house. So Perfect. we can always just get up, have a lazy brunch, hoon over there, do a couple of rides and then hoon back. So not, not the end of the world. Yeah. I'm yeah. just counting down until my vacation coming up. I'm so excited. So next, it's like next it's weekend, right? two like, weekends from now i think it's the so we're gonna be we're gonna be recording a bunch of episodes next week to get uh get ahead of the curve <laughs> yeah so you guys will not have to miss another week for a while i think no not until i get married probably yeah not until october we could, we'll, we'll we both could be record gone. we could yeah we'll yeah we can take a, a hiatus because otherwise we're recording five episodes in one week might might kill my vocal cords yeah um and our listeners but yeah i'm super excited i just cannot wait i've we ended up renting, I can't remember if I told you guys this, but we ended up renting another house. Um, oh, because you got of, double booked. Yeah, we yeah, did talk about so this. We ended up renting another house, um, which is only like two blocks away, kind of. The maps on this island are like, like the Google map is like, 
like, I know there's a lot more alleyways and stuff that apartments are off than just the little roads it shows. So I think mm-hmm. we're kind of near the other house. So, like, we'll meet up with my friends and stuff that are staying at the other house. But um, it's now me and three boys going. <laughs> it was oh. me and two of my guy friends. And then they're like, uh, is there room for one more? Like, Nico wants to come too. And I'm like, sure, he can sleep on the couch. Because <laughs> there's only, <laughs> like, beds for three. So, yeah, me and, th- me and three of my guy friends... And I'm just, I just told them I'll pay for the house because it's really cheap there, but I'll take care of the house and um, they're in charge of food and drink. So I'm like, there's only two yeah, restaurants I deal. definitely have to eat at there that I miss so much and that I love. And like you guys are, and they're pretty cheap anyways, but um, you guys are in charge of that and making sure I'm well fed and I'm well drunk the whole time and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It sounds like you got it, you got it all organized. And um, my travel news is I've just booked our flights back to Australia for for well for our wedding technically but we're going back like six weeks early uh because i promised my three-year-old nephew i would be there for his birthday uh, i don't know if he'd even notice or remember but but i'm honoring that promise i made him so uh, you'd be surprised go how much those little kids remember <laughs> yeah that's true and uh i am his favorite i think it's 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 <laughs> he's made that clear so i'm gonna i'm gonna honor it uh, so we're going to go back, you know, six weeks early uh, and do some wedding prep. You know, like I thought we had the wedding sorted. Um, like I'm like, yeah, everything's done. My mom's like, you're so chill. I'm like, yeah, it's all organized. And then Rochelle sent me a, a PDF to-do list today that was three pages long. And so apparently <laughs> we're not done. There's no. a lot of things. Like I hadn't thought about what I'm going to eat during the day on the wedding day yeah. or how I'm getting to the wedding venue or <laughs> any of these things. So it's a good thing that she's on the right. ball. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, mate, it'll, no worries. It'll sort itself out. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be my, my immediate future. will be wedding prepping. and. What are you going to eat visiting. on the wedding day? Uh, I don't know. My friend at his wedding, we just had like like banh mi, like Vietnamese rolls and like Red Bull and played Nintendo. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to do something like that. Because... What a meal to be rolling around in your stomach while you're at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe I won't have that. I don't think he did at his wedding. But, yeah, because obviously we don't get fed till till dinner, so I have to figure out something. Uh, yeah, and a lot of I'm times not... a lot of times, the bride and groom don't actually get to eat that much at oh, their I'm own wedding. This. I am on this. My I mom feel, well, people been... always keep coming up and, like, wanting to talk to you and say congratulations yeah. and give you hugs, and you're like, I'm fucking eating. Go away. I remember when I, I was at my, my friend's wedding in Spain, <laughs> and I was at the table because I was one of her bridesmaids. And they just, people just kept coming up to them in the middle of dinner. I'm like, let the girl eat. I have got a, a strict system in place. My mother is going to go to the cocktail hour and there's like a mezze grazing table. Mm-hmm. And her job is to get a plate and just put some stuff on it and put it aside. Oh yeah. And then during the night, we've already worked with our caterer. Uh, and she's like, what I'm going to do is during the speeches. So before everyone else gets their dinner, we're going to bring you your food. So by the time <laughs> everyone gets to eating, watch you guys eat. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone's going to, like, when they're eating, you'll be finished. So you can actually walk around and be the person annoying people during their meals. Yeah. Um, yes. That's, that's way we're better. a sweetheart table, so no one's anywhere near us. No bridal party with us. It's just the two of us. Yeah. I, I think, touch wood, I think we got it sorted. Otherwise, I've already got a little kit full of, like, twisties and Tim Tams and stuff that I'm going to keep in our hotel room. And I'll just have, like, a late night binge. <laughs> <laughs> On the wedding night, lovely. Yeah, like I'll be like, baby, I, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> consummate right now. I need twisties. <laughs> <laughs> that breath, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Speaking of breath. gross food, <laughs> and today food. let's 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 not uh, let's not put it all straight into gross. We this week we're talking about a lot of all things food, really. Yeah. I just I got preoccupied with gross food, and there's one story in here that such a boy may, may upset a few people's stomachs. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> 
yeah, proceed with caution for the rest of this episode. Yeah. Um, but, do you want to uh, tell people about our guests? Yeah, so this week we're interviewing Tomo and Megzi from Food Fun Travel. Uh, they write all exclusively about travel and food. Uh, and so they take amazing photos of food. They eat locally. They have a. They just wrote a post with 50 dishes you should try in Georgia, the country, not the state. So they really <laughs> dive deep into foods. Uh, and they know, like, they learn about the, con- culture, the country's food and the food culture. Uh, so we're going to chat with them about all manner of things, from the best foods in the world to the ones that surprise them, to the grossest ones, to the importance of trying local food, and everything in between. And there are a few... Yeah. Gross foods do come up a bit because they're funnier to talk about. Like <laughs> amazing, an amazing steak you had is not nearly as exciting as the story as the time you ate. Well, God, I won't ruin any of it, but there's I don't some know. weird shit being eaten. I don't know. When they were talking about that bread cheese thing in Georgia, you guys need to listen oh, to this stuff. Yeah. It's going to make you want to book a flight to Georgia immediately. I still can't stop yeah, thinking I'm about like it. Yeah, I'm craving it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so they're going to regale us with all things food yeah enjoy the episode um but real quick make sure you're following us on all of the socials comes with baggage podcast uh is our website where you can find links to everything i've never given that one out before you are hungover. i know uh comes with baggage pod on instagram uh cwb podcast on twitter yeah and rate review subscribe tell a friend Airdrop, share it on your stories Get a tramp stamp, all of these. <laughs> get, yeah, get our logo tattooed on you. Um, <laughs> if someone does that, we'll have you on the pod. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's really a tantalizing enough. I know. I couldn't think of anything. I will buy you <laughs> one of the meat, bread, cheese things from Georgia and ship it to you personally. <laughs> yes, let's let's say that's the deal. If you get a tattoo of comes with baggage, we'll send you Georgian meat, cheese, bread boats. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. I can't stop thinking about them. All right, guys. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy listening to this. Guaranteed you'll either be hungry or nauseous by the end. (laughs) Why not both? (laughs) Enjoy. Okay, guys, so we are here with Tomo and Megzi from Food, Fun, and Travel. Uh, and as we said in the intro, we're going to talk about all things food, all things culinary and mouthgasmy. Uh, but, I mean, I guess let's start with the basics. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your blogging experience and your multiple podcast projects. Just give us the, the story, the 411. Oh, well, um, first up, we've got to make some really clear distinctions that foodfuntravel.com is us. Because someone else just started foodfuntraveling.com. No, fun food traveling. Fun, is it? Fun? <laughs> should we call them out on this podcast? Yeah, let's call them, <laughs> let's call them out. Fuck those guys. Yeah. And like, they've literally been friending everyone else in the food travel business that we know. And all of these people have been like, these guys keep trying to friend us and want us to share their articles, but they've got the same travel blog name as you. Holy you crap. Them straight. I, so, they could be perfectly nice people that have be. just never done a Google search. No, they're in crab their life. people. We're not. No, crab people. They're trying to steal your identity. Soon they'll be like moving into your house and talking to your friends and petting your dogs and stuff. Exactly. I just think when you start a blog, and this is probably a good tip if we're doing blogging tips today, please Google <laughs> the name that you've chosen for the blog and check if the people with a similar name or almost the same name are actually already doing quite a professional business. Because, <laughs> like, seriously, you don't. 
don't have to do that much work. If you Google us, we're like the first six, seven hits. You put food travel blog in, we're like on page one as well. But let's be honest, so, I like, actually, because I have a lot of people contact me about it, and they, the people have came out and they said like goats on the road. Someone just brought out a blog called Goats on Roads. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a farming someone, blog, but it's very um, niche. <laughs> Someone from Monkeys and Mountains, Laurel, said that uh, someone bought Monkeys and Mountains but .co.uk and started I had it happen to me a few years ago, except what they did was they just took my entire layout and all of my content and just rename, like rebranded it. So they had another site. It was like worldtravelfun.com, but it had my pictures on it, my content. And he all he'd done is gone through and done like a find all, replace all of Aussie on the Road with worldtravelfun.com and I had to petition this Russian hosting company to take it down and they wanted a form sent to them in Russian in print oh, um, it was it's crazy what people will do to like like piggyback on and I'm not even successful that's sad for them like they could have aimed much higher like nomadic Matt is just right for the plucking but they're coming after me and my subpar content <laughs> I got, I don't know how these things happen, know. but well, anyway, apparently it happens of, a lot. None of that actually described who we are and what we do. No, so, um, no. The so you guys question are food, is, who travel, are we? Or food, fun, travel. Foodfuntravel.com. That's okay. it. We're, we're food, fun, deal. travel. That's it. There are no other extra stuff going on. That's no. us. But I mean, we do uh, podcasts with that and we do the, lots of content we're releasing lots of food articles we do really big foodie guides to destinations so like the one we just put out about um lisbon for example it's like 30 something dishes to eat in lisbon you know we've got ones that are like 60 dishes to eat in places where we've lived there for like four or five months we've really gone in depth and just tried everything mm -hmm. so if you really want to find out the best things to eat in places we and that's more what we like do. authentic local food as yeah. well like yeah. we don't put together articles that are like the nine best dim sum places in Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's not just a list of like, well, we went to this restaurant and this restaurant and they're the only restaurants we went to. So we took a photo of, uh, of the two dishes that we had and here's our and guide. Top down, yeah. of course, top down and professionally plated. So it looks insta-fabulous. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah, so food photography is something that we like doing, not just on the phone, but um, with cameras, real, real physical cameras. I know. Whenever Rochelle does that school. at dinner, I I have to like look awkward. But I mean, the photos look a lot better. <laughs> I'm looking at yours now. They look a lot better than my grainy. Like I'm gonna put three Sapir filters on it on Instagram and then say, you know, hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> yours we yours definitely look well. like you, you do this for a we job. We carry with an LED light with us, so not only <laughs> do we when you're take out these photos dinner. with this big camera, we piss off everybody in the restaurant by having this light <laughs> as well, so we can light up our food. Well, that's good, though. I mean, it's like your love of food goes a bit beyond just we like eating and, and stuff. You're like, you enjoy the aesthetics of it. And that's, that's, you know, I guess that's part of what makes you guys the real deal and not those food fun traveling dickheads. Do people, <laughs> do people ever look at you guys crazy in restaurants? Like, this is just yeah. probably going on their, like, personal Instagram and they've brought this whole... Some people do. Some people are like, what the hell are like... they doing? And we do try to, like, if the people are really close to us, if tables are really situated closely together, we'll be like, hey, just letting you know we have a light. We're really sorry. But, you know, when people see the fancy camera, they don't mind so much. I think if you have it's... had a big light and it was just your phone, phone, they'd be like, yeah. what? <laughs> but we You're were at like, an event last week and someone was like, can I get a photo of that? Like that she wanted to take a picture of it so she could order it on Amazon for herself. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's true what you say. Like, soon as you like, the more professional you look, the more I don't want to say obnoxious, but obnoxious you're able to be. Like, if you're just like jumping in front of people with your iPhone to get a photo, you're you're an asshole. But if you're doing it with like a full on lens and a tripod, you're a professional, yep. and people yeah. are like, oh, okay, they're busy. This is work for them. Oh man, this is a contentious issue. I actually wrote an article about this like six years ago. It was like one of the early articles we wrote, and I got loads of hate content from people being like. I'm just as justified in getting the photos when I'm on my vacation with my iPhone as you are with you with your tripod. Like, how dare you? How dare you say that you have more of a right to this? And I'm like, I turned up an hour before everyone else, stood next to the lake in the cold, yeah. had everything set up at Angkor Wat, and you come up like <laughs> an hour later when everyone else is really busy and just like push in front of me and start, oh, start holding oh. your camera in front of mine with your phone. Yeah. And that's what I was I'm complaining having, I'm having about, China flashbacks but, now. Yeah. It, and yeah, I'm like, that's what I was complaining about. And this guy's, well, yeah, it doesn't matter though. You know, I... I should have the same right to take the photo as you. It's like, well, get up an hour before me and I won't have a problem yeah, that's with you. Like, that's like basic human decency. Like, yeah, don't be an asshole. Have you, this is a weird question, but have you ever had, I mean, obviously a lot of the time as food bloggers, you're probably invited or you've, you've gone ahead and said, we're going to come in. But have you ever been in a place and had them come out and tell you not to photograph the food? Um, no. Because that's happened to me and it was the weirdest, most surreal moment. And it was in Sydney in this really nice gourmet place. And he's like, uh, I'm sorry. Did you ask permission to photograph my food? This is the <gasps> chef. Wait, really? This was oh. the chef. And I'm like, what? oh, I'm sorry. I, I bought it. I thought it was fine. He goes, no, you really need to ask before you just take photos of my food. And you I was like, oh. He paid for it. He no, that's bullshit. Right on that. I yeah. was like, you, I'm like, yeah, exactly. I can go home point. tonight. <laughs> I'll go home tonight and take a photo of the, the after effect of your food and you can't stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was so pretentious. And it was such a nice restaurant. The food was great. And all I wanted to do was like, I wasn't even blogging. I was Instagramming it, you know, for friends. Let's like, be honest. That sounds so food. Sydney, though. That's that's yeah. Well, yeah. Honest. Sydney can be a little bit. Pret- I don't even want to know what they do down in Melbourne. They probably just kill you in Melbourne because it's yeah. You know, it's a bit it's a bit gang down there, isn't it? Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. They don't fuck around. Like if you if you gram without permission, that's just they just take you to the gallows. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. They got not. a lot more. They got a lot more hipsters in Sydney. I'm sure gramming is a lot more accepted. Really? Oh, okay. We're not going to get into the Sydney versus Melbourne thing because that's like a running episode, uh, <laughs> episode by episode battle we're having. Um, so I guess yeah. So we met. Uh, I haven't told this story yet, but we met at TBEX, the same exact conference where I met my fiance, uh, and I, we just ran by this by you guys off off mic, and you didn't remember, but. My memory of you guys is you were really into Periscope at the time, which if people have forgotten was like live streaming before Facebook Live. <laughs> and uh, we were getting like night noodles in Bangkok off Soy 4, so the gay bar street. And we were getting uh, noodles at like 4am and you were Periscoping it. And I tore my shirt open as I do when I'm drunk to like reveal my hairy chest. And one of your, your, one of your, what, your viewers was like, rub noodles on it. And drunk, drunk with both alcohol and fame, I did rub noodles on it. Um, and I don't think I've seen you in person since, but uh, no. I hope that's ruined noodles for you. No. <laughs> we were too, we were too drunk that. to remember the I incident. Mean, it's so. ruined eating it off hairy chests for me, but noodles in well, general, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tomo, that I ruined that for you. Chest noodles. I don't eat chest noodles anyway, honestly. Oh, well. Yeah, it's, it's never a have, never Once will. you start, you can't go back. They're the Pringles of noodles. 
I, I know, and once you've gone chest noodles, you just don't know how much further down you can go. And oh, it's literally. Noodles, and then it's getting worse. So, no, just, just don't do it. Just eat regular noodles. They're great. I don't uh, know how to follow on from that. That's so the that end of the like segment. Next. Four We're years done. ago. Good night. Four yeah, years that was, ago, you guys met. Four years ago, yeah, yeah. So what yeah. have you been doing since? You've been uh, traveling a lot. I've seen you on House Hunters International. So I know you're yeah. in Mexico for at least a little while. Uh, but yeah, what's the, without, you know, you don't need ticket stubs, but what's the story been in the last few years? Because I think at the time, had you started food blogging or were you still more of a generic travel blog back then? We were in a transition at that time. Um, we had originally, our first blog that we started was called $5 Traveler. And oh, I was trying to remember that. Yeah, it's ages ago now. And it was all about trying to find $5 experiences around the world, but no one ever got it. They're like, oh, do you travel on $5 a day? And we're like, no, no one travels on $5 a day. Are you insane? Uh, and then we just realized that our passions really were in food. And because we had this budget brand, we couldn't really, we were spending all of our money on like nicer food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We eat a lot of street food and stuff like that, but we wanted to be able to just talk about all of the food. So we were Not like, this the, is what we're passionate about. So food. we just changed over. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a one and a half year transition where we slowly changed logos and wrote new content. And we already had food content, just it wasn't the main focus of the blog. And then, yeah. As everyone does, you realize that you're doing everything wrong, and so then you fix it. <laughs> so that's pretty much our story, as it is for a lot of people I've met. It's just like, yeah, shouldn't have started that way. Should have just done this in the first place. Stupid us. What are you going to do? We had, uh, we had Jub from Tiki Touring Kiwi on earlier, and oh, he had started he, the, the, the nicest man alive. And we had yeah. started... He'd started out as a generic blogger and then he'd transitioned to sport. And then right after we finished interviewing about sports, he got off and was like, yeah, I'm actually changing to just blog about New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. <laughs> We're like, is he going to just write on. about cats in New Zealand? Because I really think that's where his passion is. <laughs> the cat blogger. Yeah, the cat whisperer. Exactly. <laughs> KiwiCats.com. It might be available. There we go. <laughs> Do it. So I guess let's, let's drill down on the whole food thing and we'll go with the most obvious question first. Because uh, everyone probably asks you this, and I'm sure you've got a million to choose from. So I won't say what's the country with the best cuisine in the world, because that's probably gunned to your head hard. What about the top five? All right, top five. Well, you number one, in no particular order, uh, number one, because we're here right now as well, is uh, the Republic of Georgia. So we're in Tbilisi, the capital. We're living here for the rest of the year. And oh. I just love the food in Georgia. It's this, I mean, there's so what is Georgian much food cuisine. Like? Yeah, I'm picturing like know. a lot of like heavy breads and potatoes yep. and stuff. It is. Yeah. Not so. Well, there are potatoes, but I mean, it's yeah, it's a lot of breads, but they do cheesy breads, and that's where oh. the distinction uh, yeah. is. Crazy oh, cheesy breads. Multi cheese breads <laughs> with lots of cheese. So oh, I'll explain. I mean, I've been in Asia so long, I miss cheese and bread. <laughs> Uh, that's why we don't live in Asia anymore. Uh, it, basically, it's cheese and wine. That's we just resolved to get right, fat yeah. and being happy about it. But this kachapuri is the name of the dish here. That's the cheese bread, and that's like a generic name. But then there's there's at least like fifteen or something different types of cheese bread. Every micro region of the country has their own version of kachapuri, which is named after the area they're in. And Whoa. my personal preference well there's two i think that are my favorites that are the best uh there's one called kachapuri ajaruli 
Just from just famous. Very if you, famous. That's if you the look most it up, one. if you look up cheese boats, like Georgian cheese boats on Instagram or Kachapuri, or, or yeah, you'll see it and you will drool and you will buy a ticket to yeah. Georgia the next day. It's just a huge boat-shaped bread full of like this natural cottage cheese that they make here. It's it's not the same Holy as cottage crap. cheese you've probably had at home. And then they cover the top of it with grated uh, sulguni cheese, which is it's sort of like mozzarella, but it's a much stronger flavor, much more sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mm. just as melty. It's got the same sort of texture. That crisps up all over the place. You've got the brown, bubbly leopard spots on top that yeah. makes all oh, cheesy oh, things better. Yes. You're making me hungry. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and that's I'm not so even the end now. of it. And then what? we're talking like this: these boats, they're actually sort of like an inch deep of cheese. So it's not like a thin layer of cheese. It's, an, it's a whole boat oh, full man. of cheese. And How many on calories t- is in one of these? Don't oh, ask that be like question. A- this is never <laughs> ask that. Just eat I'm it. I'm slimming down for a wedding. I can't eat anything fun. I'm like, oh, don't come the here then. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. I know that's <laughs> Next a, a lactose intolerant <laughs> person's nightmare. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, God, there are meat death. versions as well without cheese. So just meat, just like, in, like two inches of meat. meat? <laughs> yes, yes, you can get that. Yep. Oh man, there's a massive selection Shit. of bread boat things. They're great. <laughs> Damn. All right. So jo- I would not have picked that as one of the top five. So that's it. that's right away. I'm I have like had my expectations blown. I was picking. Thai, Indian, Japanese, I thought they'd be definite top fives. Well, you haven't Sadly, we haven't been and done Japan. Tom went years ago, but we haven't done Japan properly, so that's very much a bucket list for us as foodies. Uh, We really need to go and eat the hell out of that place. But um, definitely Greece is high up on our list. And I think Thailand really is in the top five as well. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, you're right there. We just didn't start with that because it'd be too obvious, but (laughs) Thailand's a winner. Yeah. Georgia, terrific. Thailand, Mexico. Oh, yeah. Mexico. I I don't know if I would put it in the top five, probably top ten, but, I mean, obviously we've both got different (laughs) top fives, Mm -hmm. Pat. Of course, yeah, you're not not required to agree on everything. No, exactly. No, Italy, though... (laughs) I think it's hard not to put Italy in the top five. Italy just does everything perfectly all the time. I don't know how they more do it. More carbs It seems a little cheese. cliche, but it, it is good. Yeah, more cheese, more wine, more bread, yeah. pasta. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. But it's I need to get to Europe. I know, yes. I can't believe you. Well, you'll be there soon. And you've never been to Asia, so we're, we're switching. Well, I'll be there soon too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'm going to run off my top five real quick, but it's going to be fast. I'm not even going to explain this shit. Uh, it's going to be Thai. Uh, Mexican, Indian, Malaysian, and yeah. Japanese. Oh no, South Korean. South Korean. Can't go. Oh, oh. South Korea is amazing. All good Actually, options. I thought I you were going to say. I thought you were going to be like oh, North sure. Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, North North Korea is better, but yeah. No, no, I love I, that North Korean cuisine. Gruel and and whatever we can catch. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, I think I'd just have to say wildfowl. Mexico definitely would be in my top five. Um, Italy for sure. Croatia would be in my top five. Oh, interesting. Mm, meat lover. Um, food. Which is surprising because I don't eat meat anymore. I eat just fish. I don't eat any other meats anymore. Uh, oh, well, no, they do they got fish. a lot of yeah, seafood yeah. in Croatia. So. Yeah, a lot of seafood. Um, but I will actually, I'm going to I'm gonna go off my no red meat thing when I'm, I'm going back to Croatia next week. And pashtisada is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And it's beef. I'm pretty sure it's beef. 
and in, um, in, in Greece. Croatia. In Croatia. Oh, in Cro- oh, yeah. It's it's the same. It's basically the same dish because they're like just down the coast in Corfu. They just use a different spice profile, but pastisada. Oh, do yeah, they have beef. that there too? Yeah, that's. Yeah, they've oh. got their own version with their it's own different favorite. sort of spice. <laughs> but, so yeah, I'll definitely exactly be eating that dish. next month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is so a good. dish that's enough to turn you back into a red meat eater, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Red meat, red wine, a few spices, a bit of cinnamon. Yeah. That sounds really good. It's and really, I eat with, really eat good. Eat with really good fresh gnocchi. Mm. Oh. Mm. So I know, I know with... quite a few travelers who. Um, who are vegetarian full-time, like, when they're home, or even vegan, but when they travel, they sort of relax it a little bit yeah. because, obviously, it's A, it's hard sometimes to get the food you want, but also they're just they're of the belief that you can't really fully experience a that's... place if you're not experiencing the local food. Yeah, well, that's me, yeah. for sure, which is why I'm so, like, excited to talk to you guys as well. Like, I'm someone, like, culinary tourism is, like, I don't think, like, you have to experience the food to really experience the country that you're in. Yeah, 100%. Like, last weekend, we had uh, some people invite us out to... uh, We were just going to go wine tasting in the wine regions. And when we were out there, someone who we'd met at a a wine expo a couple of weeks ago, has he's got a winery out there, and he's like, oh, I have to go harvest my honey tomorrow. Do you want to come and, like, help me out with that? And we're like, (laughs) well, yeah. And so he picks us up. We go drive... All the way out to where they actually keep... All to places where roads no longer go. I oh, think yeah. we had about half an hour off-road driving. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> off track. And then there's all these big carts that... It kind of reminds me of the cart that they have in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that collect all the children to take them away. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me. And you're like, this of, is how it ends. They're actually full of beehives, not children. In this, that's scenario. actually more terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bees, yeah. Yeah, and so it just turned out by the time we got out there, um, it was too grey for the bees. They'd all stayed inside and watched Netflix that day, so <laughs> oh, yeah. they hadn't gone out, and it was too dangerous uh, for them to actually harvest the, the the honey. So we just all sat around and cooked up pork skewers and f- had fresh bread and drank wine and did toasts and it was just the most there was fresh fruit it was just the most amazing local wow. experience and yeah they had we'd stopped off on the way there and at this butcher that just had pretty much just slaughtered the pig that mm-hmm. morning let's be honest yeah, whole pig head and stuff hanging outside the butcher's shop all the bits were there wow. yeah but we picked up you know the good bits and took them out and that's what we <laughs> barbecued up and and it is yeah it is really difficult, and I do understand how, how people... I, I was vegetarian, you know, before I started traveling as well, and so I get it, but, I yeah, I do understand that, you know, some people that when you do start traveling, if you do really want to have these great travel experiences, you're going to have to eat meat to do it. I mean, I know a lot of people don't, but... You're going to get more yeah, out of it. Or it's, yeah. I think yeah. that's where well, we started. Some, also, we've come full some, circle. It's part, Like, I have some, a friend that came to visit me in Mexico, and she's vegan and we managed to make it work um like she's like very hardcore vegan but and she was having like burritos and stuff you know but it is really hard when you're also in a country that speaks another language to translate that if they if that like meets a very big part of their diet so like even in mexico if you say like you want vegetariano 
they think chicken is vegetarian, so you'll still yeah. get exactly. chicken. And also the big secret with Mexico that a lot of people don't know, you, you're sitting there eating your refried beans and that's the best refried beans you've ever had. Oh, yeah. It's because they cook it with lard, honey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of lard. That's what makes it so good. Yeah. <laughs> Some cuisines make it so hard, like, because, yeah, because either they don't think of it as a meat or just it's such an integral part, like yeah. uh, South Korea. Everything has either like a fish sauce or a fish broth. And China, to a certain extent, they just put little bits of meat in things. So if you're like a strict vegetarian, chances are you're not even aware that you're eating meat. But it's, it's in there like in yeah. good mapo tofu, there's usually little chunks of meat. In, I, I can't even think of a, a purely vegetarian Korean dish um, that doesn't at least have like a fish-based sauce in it somewhere. Like even bibimbap, they usually flavor with a bit of that fish sauce in the gochujang. It, like you can't eat soup. You can't, you can't even eat fresh tortillas in Mexico because they often use lard to make tortillas. Yeah. If you're eating corn tortillas that aren't from the supermarket but are just homemade ones, they've probably got lard in them. Yeah. Like, you can't do it. It's just it's yeah. not possible. Just give and, up. Just give up. <laughs> well, I'm like, we're going to eat the rest of the pork, so just eat some lard, guys. Don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to feel guilty that you killed the pig. We killed the pig. We and... killed it. You were just a witness. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to watch. And, and then you can eat the lard. <laughs> And just it would probably make me more pretend. comfortable if you weren't watching, to be honest. I don't want people <laughs> yeah. staring at me while I while I eat my murder meat. It's weird. <laughs> murder meat. So, <laughs> what countries would are, are are there any countries that would be on your list for like the worst food or the food that you like the least? Ooh. I think saying stuff like that is what gets us massive amounts of hate mail from people. I don't. I'm gonna think go I out there right I'm now. Not saying, I'm not saying like. And not, not to say that the country would have, like, the worst food, but just not your cup of tea, to say, I guess. Um, Sri Lanka wasn't our cup of tea food-wise. Oh. What is Sri um, I know a lot of people like? love it, but if you don't like Southern Indian cuisine, then you're not going to like Sri Lankan cuisine. And, I mean, we love Northern Indian cuisine, but I don't know. It just didn't, yeah, as you said, it just didn't float our boat. It wasn't really our thing. Hmm. Uh, we went what to about, Morocco. Uh, what about Filipino cuisine? I like uh, I like some Filipino cuisine quite Lechon a lot. Lechon is great. We had one oh, of the yeah. best roast chickens we've ever had in our lives there in uh, Oslob. Oslob. <laughs> um, I like adobo. Hit and miss Filipino with the Philippines. I mean, gets the worst of... food we've ever eaten on the road, we ate in the Philippines. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It does get also, a lot of flack. Yeah, but some of it's amazing and some of it's not. So, you know, you got to grow up with it. Mongolia yeah. is not a good food destination. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> that Unless is not the sound like of someone who enjoyed it. And mare's milk and did you um, say skunk butter? Stomach, stomach butter. butter. Oh, so that's even they, worse. I... What they do. <laughs> this is a very traditional dish, and almost every time you visit someone in one of their traditional gears, which is the tents that yeah. the nomadic tents, um, they have a stomach from uh, a sheep, normally, or maybe a goat, underneath their bed, and oh, they fill it full mine. of. They fill it full of butter. So, you know, they churn their own butter. And to keep the butter during the summer, they put it into a stomach. It's the way we all used to do it. Yeah, well, the one we saw was under the bed. But you can also see them in markets. I mean, you've got to keep it somewhere. Because if you're living in a small tent with, like, your entire extended family. That's true. You don't have a lot of cupboard space, yeah. Yeah. You don't leave it in the middle of the room, just on the floor for people to trip up (laughs) on. You should be proud of it. Why are you embarrassed by your stomach butter, mate? No, it's just a good place to keep it. It's just storage. (laughs) I don't think they're embarrassed by their stomach butter. No, no, I like it. I just... 
I just like the idea of keeping a stomach anywhere in my house. Aside from inside <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mongolia is difficult because basically they just eat meat. We actually, we had a driver who took us around and we were responsible for buying in advance all of his food because we didn't know when we'd get another meal. Because sometimes you can find places where the locals, you can sit down and they'll make you some food. And other times you might not find somewhere for like 24 hours that actually sells food. So oh. our... Our English-speaking friend in the capital who helped us organize the driver said, you have to buy him tinned meat. If he doesn't get at least one tin of meat a day, you are going to have a lot of problems and he is going to complain. And there was this... That sounds like, like a premise to fair. an 80s horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was Feeding crazy. His meat. <laughs> we were all eating quite a lot of vegetable-based foods because it was basically tin meat or no meat because like, you, it won't keep. You're driving around in the summer in Mongolia. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one time, actually quite a few times within the week that we had him, when we opened the tin of meat, he literally just made this noise that was like, meat, meat. <laughs> I, he didn't speak a lot of English, but that word he seemed to know. Oh, and no. It was so hilarious. Every time he just made this amazing Stone Age sort of grunt of like, yes, <laughs> at last. <laughs> I've been driving for hours. Now I have meat. So My, my requisite meat allotment. It, after 30 days of pretty much just eating meat with the odd sort of pickles and cucumbers in between, because that's about the only vegetables we could get. And yeah, we yeah, were that all a little bit... Yeah, that doesn't sound appealing. No, Especially it's not great. in the heat too. The meat sweats must have been intense. The heat was really weird. It was like during the day it could get up to like 35 Celsius, but then at night it could be going down to 5 Celsius. And we're like, what is going on here? This is so crazy. We were camping too. Camping. Yep. Oh, uh, wow. So yeah, Mongolia is interesting. It's an interesting. It hasn't place to covered visit. itself in glory though. You're not. It's not. You're not painting a very appetizing picture. At least not. You don't food. go there for the food. You go there for no, the landscape. No, that's true. It's beautiful. Some of the most yeah. beautiful landscape I've ever seen. It was mm-hmm. incredible. But yeah, you're not going there for the food. And did you? I heard you mention Morocco as well. Is that right? Yeah. Um. Well, Mor- yeah. So everybody thinks of Morocco as like incredible cuisine, and it lots of it spices is. and. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing that you that we didn't realize is that if you go out to a restaurant in Morocco, it's really hard to get a good meal because Moroccan cuisine takes time. And so because of that, these restaurants are trying to bash out food so that you, Mm -hmm. you know, eat it quickly enough, which means they're defrosting stuff that was already pre-made and not made well. Yeah. Yeah. Not taking care. um, We had a few meals with locals, like in their homes. Sensational. And like amazing, exactly what you'd expect. You know, it takes like a good two, three hours to make a proper couscous, not like a 20 minute water stir. It's something you whip up in the microwave like we do do here sometimes. We're doing it all wrong. No, No. we, we did a cooking class, and literally the couscous was pretty much the first dish we started. And whilst we made everything else, we were making the couscous the whole time. It was crazy. I had no idea. But it was beautiful. And yeah, so cooking classes and homestay meals, that sort of thing, you can get really good food. But if you just try to go out to a restaurant, we barely had any good food for like the whole month we're there in a restaurant. Like tagine was the worst. It's so plain and bland and awful. Oh, just not fresh. Yeah, not fresh. So yeah, so Morocco is a difficult one. Would you say that was the country that like let you down in the sense that you had high expectations and you were disappointed or has there been a country where you were like this food's going to be great and just nothing really grabbed you like you thought it would morocco was a big letdown it really was we you know because i mean tom had made tom's a bit of a cook himself and you know he'd made a few 
tagines and stuff like that. And yeah, I think there was just a very high expectation and we were like, oh, what, are we doing something wrong? We're like, we're, we're <laughs> looking up restaurants we like the, we usually we do. And we, what is going on? But yeah, then when we got invited into the home of a of a local family and she made us like, it was like sardine ball tagine, uh, which is very, very popular in Essaouira, sort of by the coastline. Mm-hmm. It was sensational. Yeah, Ooh, just okay. incredible stuff. So, just, yep. just so I guess the tip would be if you're going to Morocco, yeah, yeah you got to make time. Yeah. yeah. you got to do those homestay sort of meals where it's going to take them three hours to make the meal. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. What about any places that, like, maybe you had low expectations and then they surprised you how much you enjoyed it? Or do you kind of go with, like, you'll expect to find something that you'll like no matter what? I don't know where I even had low expectations of. I can't think of anywhere in particular. No. Um, no. Or just food no, that surprised I wasn't expecting... you that you enjoyed. No. no. Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I was expecting always... to love Indonesian as much as I did. I thought Indonesian food just wasn't going to jump up, up at me, but I really enjoyed it, at least in Sumatra. Uh, everything I ate in Sumatra was fantastic, even though it was just usually just fish and rice and some vegetables and some sambal. But I was pleasantly surprised by Indonesian cuisine. I think it depends where you are in Indonesia. There's mm-hmm. certain places that are certainly had really great influence from the old, you know, trading days. And so they got those spices and influence. So if you're in like Java and stuff like that, that it is a bit of a melting pot of interesting food. Sometimes if you do hit up places like Bali, of course, it can get a little generic and a little same samesy, but they're oh, just yeah. stuff out for tourists. I'm going, so. yeah, I'm going to Bali <laughs> that's in where October, Kate's going. <laughs> and all I'm expecting to eat the whole time is freaking smoothie bowls, because that's all I see on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's all that Instagram has, yeah. yeah. And juice. You'll just be drinking juice. Yep, juice and smoothie bowls. That's apparently all they have in Bali. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of stuff. It's just, yeah, it's not... The Instagram is wrong. You want the deep fried duck. Deep fried crispy Ooh. duck in Ubud. Oh yeah, that does exist. Amazing. Oh, that so really there's also good. this dessert that's like a black rice. It's a sticky black rice, and actually, it is. It's naturally a black rice. It's actually grown that way. It's not flavored with anything okay. to make it look black. And it's sort of like this. Um, it's this sweet. It's like rice make it like kind of thing. Ubo in gin or something like that. Yeah. It's like, I can't remember the exact. It's name, not on but... a lot of menus, but if you find it, it was really good. So there are some really, mm. really great things that you can find. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, speaking, I mean, Indonesia is so big. There's like 17,600 islands or something. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. But only six, I think only 6,000 of them are ha- inhabited or something crazy. Only. 4,000. Only. Oh, but, um, yeah, it's it like really when... depends on where they were on the trade routes that, yeah. um, that makes sense. depend yeah. on whether or not their cuisine developed in a, in a good way or not. It's like when people tell me they don't like Chinese or American cuisine, uh, the two examples that come up a lot. And I'm like, how can you, because there's so many differences in those, like, because in a big, like, if you said I don't like Romanian food, I'm like, I'm sure there's some regional variants, but it's probably not as diverse as, say, China, where you've got Yunnan and Xinjiang and Mm -hmm. the North and the South and, and the US as well. I mean, I get it if you don't like East Coast food, but then have you tried, you know, Creole food or Southern food? I imagine Indonesia is a similar thing where there's so much variety that it would be hard to blanket statement say i hate this yeah i hate that yeah exactly i don't think you should ever i mean this is where we started was like which countries do you guys hate for food it's like (laughs) i don't think we should really be saying 
that we hate because <laughs> we because we can't say that we even if we've been to places and had like 50 or 60 different traditional dishes which is what we try to do if we're spending a long time somewhere we slow travel by yeah, the way this isn't like one yeah. weekend no no we're not just <laughs> no, like no. super obese all the time eating 500 plates a night no. are you guys pretty that's true because oh, i was just gonna say are you guys pretty ballsy when it comes to what you like you'll eat pretty much you'll try anything uh yeah i mean tomo more than myself we, we actually had a <laughs> We used to have a feature when we were in Asia, not so much since we left Asia, but we have a feature on our blog called Tomo Eats Something Terrible. And it, it's just me, videos and articles and photos of me eating really weird things. So like our podcast that's going out next week is actually about when I had tarantulas in Cambodia. Oh. I was about and to guess, yeah. How do, how they, how do they serve it? They just serve a deep-fried tarantula with a little salad garnish on the side. A little oh, salad, that's nice. It's very simple. <laughs> um, it was fine. The legs are just crispy bits. You couldn't really tell Ooh. what they were. Yeah. When you bite into the abdomen, it can have some sort of gooey, oh, sort of God. almost well... poached insides. Uh, so that's a bit weird. <laughs> was that the weirdest, do you think? Or no. Like... no. We ate balut in the Philippines. Oh. It was 16-day-old duck fetus egg. Yeah. It's it's crunchy. It tastes like chicken ramen, I thought. I had to eat that one. Yeah, Meg had to eat that, and she was not happy about it. Did you do that? uh, I didn't mind that. I thought, like, I mean, if you didn't look at it, it just tasted like an egg with, like, chicken broth flavouring on top, I think. Yeah, it's like funky egg a bit. It tasted like a gone-off egg to me, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally an egg with... I mean, for those who don't know, it's just an egg with a, a partially developed bird in it. So, I mean, there's some crunch to it. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's got some crunch. <laughs> it wasn't the worst, but it, it just wasn't pleasant. Um, the... the one thing we do like... I mean, yeah, we had... So, speaking about how we all love Mexican food, there is a particular taco you can have in Mexico that's called nana. The meat is called nana. Which nana? is actually... You can uh, hazard a guess. Do you guys want to guess what meat I a feel like nana? I've... It's from a pig. Is it my grandma? <laughs> is it grandma pig? <laughs> no, it's not, but you're on the right track. Well, I feel like... Nana. Is it the lining of the stomach or something like that? Oh, no, it's much worse. Lower. Lower. <laughs> oh, it's it's dick. <laughs> no. no. It's, it's more oh, weird. Man. It's uterus. More weird than penis. Oh, uterus. Yeah, Wait, it's so pig's uterus, mm, taco. It's uterus. It's chewy, Yummy. unnecessarily chewy. <laughs> yeah, considering it, it's mean... built to expand. <laughs> oh, God. Can you blow bubbles with it? <laughs> I... It probably would be quite try. chewy. <laughs> uh, um, not my favorite thing. Would you rather? Would you rather like eat something without knowing what it is first and just try? Like, if you know it's a local dish and they're like, "Here, try this," like. Yeah, like, I think I'm just one like I would rather just try it. Just taste funky. <laughs> yeah, before you tell me what it is, because then psychologically it's going to influence what I think about how it tastes. Well, That's we how had I got um... into eating dog in South Korea. My friends like oh. eat this soup I made for you, and then I ate some. And he's like, "You just ate dog," and I'm like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> like, yeah, why? there's certain places like China and Vietnam. You probably don't just want to eat food when they say, "Just try it." But no, other countries, no. maybe it's fine. So, like, in Lisbon, we were living in... Uh, well, we were visiting Lisbon uh, a couple of months ago, and we had the malejas, which we didn't realize at the time was actually chicken gizzards. He just said it's like a chicken stew. And we're like, cool, all right, we'll try oh. that. And it was chicken gizzards, and it was uh, amazing. It actually was perfect. Really, really tasty. good. Hmm. But, I mean, I, that's quite tame food compared to eating tarantulas and lamb brain curry in India and stuff like that. So, 
I would have tried that anyway, to be honest. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't have put you off. You've like you're like no. I've done that. The <laughs> no. worst thing I've uh, I've had was uh, my first weekend in South Korea. My boss took me out for dinner at a seafood place. Uh, and you know South Korea is famous for the the sunokji where they cut off the tentacles of a live octopus and they sort of ride yeah. on the plate. I've had that it. wasn't even the worst thing. Like it was like that was gross, but I, I had some. But then he goes, no, but it, you've got to try the sea cucumber. And he brings me out a full, probably four or five inch long sea cucumber. And if you've never seen one, it looks kind of like a slimy green penis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's like, eat it whole, eat it whole. So I, I'm like putting it in my mouth and it's pulsing on my tongue. Oh. It's not dead. And it's soft on the outside, but when you bite it, there's like a hard core and it shoots brine down the back of your throat. Oh. Like as a self-defense thing. So not only did I feel like horrible, but I felt bad for every girl I've ever been with because that was the most like, Ew, foul experience. <laughs> it was awful. And my boss Too is just far. like looking at this. <laughs> my boss just has this smile on his face as he's chewing his rice with like that shine of happiness in his eyes as he watches this naive I'd never even been out of Australia before. Yeah. Like, it was my first weekend ever overseas. And he's just like, Is it good? And I'm like, Mmm, yeah, it was really good. I I went home and I was so sick. Like it was definitely the worst thing I've ever had in my mouth. I think you just lost about half the listeners yeah. from this episode. Oh, but just I've gained up, like, that's it. We're done. But I've gained a weird new niche. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just I don't know how many more episodes you can make just about gross food. That's the Jesus. question. That's it. No, we yeah, that's it's we've peaked. It's all downhill from here on the on the gross food. We can for those people who made it this far, we can we can probably promise that we'll stop talking about really gross food now, perhaps. Yeah. I was gonna actually ask, is there any food that you like wouldn't eat for like a moral reason or one that's just too gross for you to even consider? Uh well yeah, cat and dog, I don't really want to eat them because I, I like them. But it's, you don't like yeah, cows? <laughs> Pigs. I, Fuck cows, I don't man. have an emotional a connection with cows. And no. let's be honest, cows are murderers. They kill more people every year than like sharks or anyone else that we're mm. completely well, terrified we, of. I don't blame them. We kill more of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's true, a bit of a tit for tat sort of thing, isn't it? They're fighting back. Yeah. yeah. It's only sheep a are jerks of time. too. Like traditionally, sheep are classic jerks. That's why you got to eat them too. Yeah, well, when we went, speaking of like when we're talking about Morocco, we went out to the Sahara Desert and I thought it'd be so cool to go out on like a couple of day uh camel trek and we're like yeah we're gonna ride the camels and we're gonna go out into the sahara and it's gonna be awesome camels are the worst creatures on the planet <laughs> but they... they're delicious <laughs> they weren't oh, that delicious i got my revenge <laughs> Tough. but they you got just your revenge? they fart and they're grumpy and they're st- like stinky aside from being farty and like they're just the worst creatures ever so i took great pride in going back to marrakesh and eating myself a camel burger i was like you take that <laughs> i mean i don't grumpy? know about you guys but i'd be grumpy too if people are riding me and i'm walking through the desert <laughs> yeah but i mean they don't have a lot else going on so why yeah, not Yeah, they don't have interesting job prospects they didn't go to college this no. is the best they're gonna do yeah they seem really bored most of the time they seem super bored and then you're like can you take me somewhere and they're like Ugh. <sighs> Oh, they're just like, I'm so busy <laughs> doing nothing. Maybe if you brought him a tin of meat, he would have been yeah, more that's, that's obliging what you're missing for is a you. tin of meat. <laughs> that could work. Yeah. So cat and dog, that's out. Um, because you like cats and dogs, which I, yeah. makes sense to me. Um, any any other foods that you've sort of looked at and just been like that? I honestly don't even need to try that to to know I, I don't want to have that. I probably don't want to eat rat just for the the concern of 
plague or whatever think, it is they have. I don't think I want to eat puffer fish. No, I think puffer fish is no, a, a little bit too dangerous. Oh, the dangerous ones. Oh, you have? Yeah, it wasn't. It, I also had chicken sashimi at the same restaurant. So like raw chicken sushi sashimi. Oh, yeah. Um, the puffer fish was unremarkable. The And the raw chicken just tasted like fish, which was weird because everything else tastes like chicken. But um, raw chicken is but, exactly uh, chewy. Like, it wasn't. Like, it was very. It was very. It, it was, like it was a lot fish. like tuna. It was just like very thin slices, and you dip it in a little bit of uh, like wasabi, wasabi and soy, soy sauce, yeah. like you would. To be honest, it, it, I, if they hadn't said it was chicken, and I didn't know that that's the restaurant I was in, I wouldn't have even guessed it was chicken. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Like it wasn't something I wouldn't eat again. But. Obviously, it's raw chicken, so they have very strict rules on like where you get it. You don't want to just you can't make yeah. it at home, kids. <laughs> no. Or you can, <laughs> but make Go sure have you're a Tide not... Pod instead. Don't eat the chicken. Yeah, do... <laughs> Tide Pod. <laughs> it's better for you. How do you guys go about finding the most authentic local foods? Like, do you do a lot of research before you go to a country, or what's like yeah. your tactics we... on making sure that what you're finding is authentic? And... Local. Yeah, if we have if we have time, which I normally try and make the time for, it's only if it's a very quick trip that we don't have time. Um, yeah, always number one, just do a bunch of research just to get some ideas about like what other people think is the authentic food. If I can find articles that are written in the local language, then translate them with Google Translate rather than just reading what tourists have written about and bloggers mm-hmm. have written about. That can Smart. really help. Yeah. Because um, the, the difference in opinion from bloggers going like, well, I was here for a week and I, I noticed this dish and it's very <laughs> traditional. Dishes you should try. <laughs> and then you, then you find, I, we've probably been guilty of it as well, so I'm not just trying to pick on people. Just saying <laughs> it happens when you're somewhere for a short time, you make assumptions about cuisine. Um, so, yeah, so then like trying to confirm that information with locals, with restaurant owners perhaps as well. Um, I mean, we do always try and, like make local friends to some extent we so we can just talk to people a lot if you're in a taxi with someone or you're yeah. you know staying at a guest house with someone the first question we ask and people really enjoy talking about it is like what is your favorite thing to eat here what is your favorite thing that your mum used to make you yeah and that's how you find out about a few of these dishes and we instantly just like write them down or put them into the phone if it's something that we haven't heard of before it's just in having conversations with people um you can do a certain amount of research as as tom said and we often yeah do the whole google translate thing because if it's yeah written by locals you're gonna have a bit also like restaurant reviews Mm -hmm. if we're going to go to a restaurant and give it a try we try and find a place that has more reviews that we have to translate from the local language rather than just taking english reviews Mm -hmm. unless it's an english-speaking country of course avoiding tourist areas in general do you like do you find that english reviews tend to be a little bit more negative uh like when it comes to local food like they complain about things that obviously probably don't matter as much like i noticed that with with hotels and restaurants here in vietnam uh people bitching about like the seats weren't very comfortable or like the bathroom was a little bit unclean and you're like well that's not really relevant to the food situation yeah well they say that but then they're also on the flip side going but it's the best local food i've ever had in my life and it's like because that's the only local food you've ever had in your life of course it's going (laughs) to be the best version of it yeah it's it's fair to say the amount of places where we've we've had a dish the first time and oh this is really good and then like a week later we've had the same dish somewhere else we go oh that's what it's supposed to taste like and then a week after that we're like oh no that's
that's what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> like, yeah, especially when it comes to like the really big dishes from a country, we do make sure we eat them in a lot of different places and even try to do them in a cooking class or like a home because we have been caught out many times before where we've, we've had a dish a couple of times and been like, oh, yeah, that's what it's like. And then you have it properly made with love in a home and you're like, this is completely mm-hmm. better, like so much better. We've t- totally been misrepresented by just eating it in a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And that's really to smart. locals not- can be an issue as well because, I mean, <laughs> they, they tell you a lot what their favorite foods are and then you, you follow up with the question of like, okay, so where's the best place for me to have that? And they're like, oh, <laughs> mom's place. Yeah, and mom's <laughs> like, great. We're like, can we Everyone's have an invitation to cool. your mom's for Sunday, please? We'll make a reservation right now. <laughs> or hey, depending also... on the country, that might happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it has happened and, and does happen, and it's amazing when it does happen, but it's not as frequent as we would like it to be. But, yeah, we've so also had the problem. Guys, invite them over. Yeah, yeah, anyone listening, if, if you're making <laughs> traditional food that's your traditional food, tell us about it. It's amazing uh, yeah. how in a lot of countries... And maybe not as even super developed countries, but um, how more welcoming people are to outsiders to like come into their homes and eat than like you would ever have if you were just like were in America or England or Australia. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. imagine inviting a stranger into my home <laughs> like, for hey, a meal. Let me cook like, you know, dinner. like, hey, mate, where, what are you doing? Come here. Yeah. <laughs> but that happens in, in Asia and uh, in Tanzania, I've noticed it as well. People will just be like, hey, come have, have, have lunch in my house. Yeah, it's happened to me in Croatia so a couple times. It's this funny story we heard uh, being uh, here in Georgia, actually. And it's, I think it's quite similar with a lot of the places around here. Pretty much the theory is if you're coming to this country to not try and invade them, they're pretty happy to have you here. And they're like, go, go, it's a really low bar. Talk to our homes. You're not trying to, what? You're not trying to kill me? Yes. Let's be friends. Oh, poor Georgia. That just sounds like Georgia's had some, I mean, I know, like, historically they've had some tough shit, but that's, uh, that's the opposite because South Korea also has a history of being invaded, but they're kind of standoffish as a result. Not mean, but they're like, hey, no, 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 we don't want any of that. Like, no, I understand that. Sort of that. Yeah, yeah, we did feel that a little bit. With um, although when we were in South Korea, we couch surfed a lot and we stayed with local people, and they just let us come in and you know crash mm. on their floors and they younger people. Oh yeah, yeah, like lovely people. people. Yeah, lovely people in general. I found, but I just mean like culturally, there's sort of this like not isolation, but like this sort of like we have to protect the integrity of Korea because they got invaded by Japan and China so often yeah. Yeah. Um, that they're kind of like this sort of, you stay out of here. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't extend to like, people aren't going to be rude to you if you visit, obviously. But yeah, it's interesting that Georgia's solution to that is just to be like, no, no, you're not here to invade us. Hang out. Let's go. I like that. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I can't people imagine have been so friendly. Georgia's, Georgia's not super high on like a people's tourism like list not of yet. places to visit. Exactly. So I think that's what you're doing there. You're helping put the <laughs> yeah. word out. That's the plan. I mean, we this is our third time in Georgia. We first came here in 2016. Uh, a couple of yeah, blogger friends were like, oh, you guys are going to love this country because they knew just how much we love cheese and wine. This is actually <laughs> the birthplace of wine for anybody that doesn't know that. There's archaeological what? evidence from 8,000 years ago proving that they were making wine here in Georgia. I like these people nice. already. I love Georgia. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like rocketing the... up. It's actually higher than American Georgia now. That's, that's yeah. how much more I like it. It's also one of the only countries in the world that still makes the wine in that traditional way that they were making it 8,000 years ago. With they, their feet? They don't add lots of stuff to it. It's literally just the grapes 
with they even throw like branches and bits of leaves in with them they don't like process to they an extreme it amount wow. natural wine here uh, because to have the term organic you have to pay a lot of money for that certification mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. they call it natural wine and it's just totally... a lot of it is organic but yeah, they is. just can't afford the certification because yeah. the economy here is not good enough to pay for it and that's just like a brand label now organic Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it's losing its meaning. But, I mean, we've been to a lot of wineries. I guess we've been to, like, 15, 20 wineries in Georgia in total now. Yeah. And to see the, this traditional winemaking process, uh, it's really cool. It's called and- a quarry, and essentially it's a big pot that they put underground. And they, yeah, they just pretty much just put everything in there. So it's, like, grapes and stems and leaves and everything, and it just naturally ferments. And there was one time we went to this guy's place. It was last year when we were here. And he just popped open the lid because we were there, like, as his guests. And he was, like, and he was scooping the wine straight out Whoa. of this qu- quarry in the ground. And we were drinking it. And it was the most amazing experience. It was really cool. How, how does it differ from, like, I mean, in terms of obviously the creation is different. But how is the, the, taste? the taste? Is it much yeah. different to traditional wine? I mean... Georgia's really interesting because they actually have, a, they reckon approximately 520 different grape varieties that are endemic to Georgia that don't Whoa. really get grown anywhere else in the world at all. Although a couple of the more famous ones have been sort of planted elsewhere now. But so they've got so many different grapes, so many unique wines. Um, it's so difficult with wine to, to say in a, a very simple statement that it's different, but it is different. We would say it's got a hint of farmer to it. So it those a ones have farmer wine. A bit more hay. Yeah. But in a good way. Picking branches out. Sometimes I've a had, bit uh, yeasty. I've had like homemade rice wine in Malaysia, like really homemade, cooked, like made in a paint tin. And I can, I can see what you mean when you say it tastes, has a bit of farmer in it. It's like got a sort of earthy. Exactly. It's like an unpolished sort of flavor, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's, I would be doing a disservice to Georgia to get away with saying that it's like rice wine like rice wine well, no no rice wine it's, not, not, it's, not it's very <laughs> it's very long tradition very well crafted tradition and uh, you can go to pretty much any home in the country and they'll be making their own wine which is hit and That's miss so cool. but if you go to someone who's actually making wine at a slightly higher level you can find so many unique wines you've never tasted anything like it uh, it's yeah we as another reason we love it Do they it's tend- just to be more reds then, since they're just leaving everything in? No, no it's both. Got everything. And now they're actually really? branching out into rosés a little bit more. Oh, There's yeah. the, the unique thing about Georgia is they actually make an amber wine. So oh. it's orange in colour. So, the, yeah, the amber colour, amber... Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's white grapes, but they leave the skins in mm-hmm. for, like, the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And that skin contact causes this sort of, like, amber... Yeah, like dark yellow, really deep sort of honey color. And it's a completely different type of wine. I've never seen that type of wine made anywhere else. I've never tasted it anywhere else. And yet, if you just go into a local restaurant, it's the sort of wine that you can just order by the liter for like $3, $4 a liter in a restaurant. And I like anywhere where I can get wine by the liter. That sounds like my kind of place. Oh, it's all about wine by the liter. Europe is great for that. There's a lot of places in Europe. Have you tried the. Is it. Is it Portugal that has green wine? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't Verde. try the green wine when we were there. But it's not actually green. No, it's, it's No, that's what I was fresh. told. <laughs> it's fresh wine. It means it's, it's young uh, grapes. Young wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be red or white or rosé even, I think, as well. But Yeah, it's just young. It's mm. not actually green in colour, I don't think. No. There is a place that is doing blue wine, but 
I don't know. What? It's obviously colored. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like colored. artificial. It's colored. Yeah. It's a gimmick. It's made made by Smurfs. There's a data reference. I would pay for Smurf wine. <laughs> as long as they have ground Smurfs. up Smurfs. Oh, they, yeah, they've ground <laughs> them up. I'm not, I'm not interested. Okay, so no dog, no cats, no Smurf. We promised we weren't going to talk about gross things, D, and now we're talking about grinding gross. up Smurfs. <laughs> I feel like Smurfs would be delicious. They look like little yeah. blueberries. How bad could they be? <laughs> they could be. Uh, on the topic of grinding things up, uh, I'm going to segue really poorly here. Uh, you've mentioned cooking a couple of times, and I know from watching your House Hunters International episode that having a place to cook was really important for you. So like, when, you, when you're abroad, are you cooking local? Are you trying to cook flavors from home? What, what's, what's your sort of kitchen like? The funny thing is actually, back with the conversation we were having before, a lot of the time when we're cooking at home, we're really trying to cook vegetarian. We're sort of laying oh. off the meat a bit more and trying to be a little bit healthier and... Um, when you eat out as much as we do, when you eat at home, you really have to count the calories because yeah. otherwise that, I can understand you just, that. it's yeah. unstoppable otherwise, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're eating out and eating that boat cheese every day, you're not making yeah. it at home too. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even told you about the dumplings yet. Oh, <laughs> well, tell us about the dumplings. Like, I'm, it's, it's 10.30, I'm hungry. Okay, so they have a dumpling here called Kinkali and it's sort of like, I guess, uh, similar to your Shalong Bao where it's a... Oh, okay. Yeah, so the main one that they make, it's a pork and beef mixture. And when you bite into it, you've got to be careful because it's got that soupy uh, liquid oh. in there as well. So it's like bite and slurp mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, they also make yeah. kankali stuffed with cheese. Mm-hmm. They make it with... Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> do, they, um, do they have one with... stuffed with wine? No. <laughs> no, Not yet. I have seen uh, they're now like some of the fancy dumpling places that are trying to move Georgian traditional cuisine on. Mm-hmm. I've seen one that's like Saparavi wine, which is a red wine, which is mixed in with the meat. So yeah, and we tried it. We tried it. It wasn't like the best kinkali I've ever had, but it was. No, but it, it was, was interesting. Good. Um, yeah, they do ones with mushrooms. They do ones with potato. They do so oh, if you are vegetarian, certainly the and they do ones with spinach as well. Mm. So there's certainly the good thing about Georgia. Speaking about vegetarian meals, is they have a, a Lent menu on pretty much every menu they've got, and that's a lot of vegetarian oh. stuff. You will yeah. actually get proper vegetarian food all here. year round. You can ask for the Lenten menu, and uh, that's you cool. can get vegetarian. Mm. You can't get vegan food very easily, but vegetarian food because obviously there's cheese. Yeah, on, cheese on like, everything. Everything or cream. <laughs> So, I yeah. doubt it's French Sour free. cream, cream. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, that's good. Uh, the one thing we haven't mentioned about these kinkali is they're huge. It's like the size of your palm. Yeah, it's oh, like wow. the that's size of a nine-year-old's fist. A nine-year-old's fist, not a ten-year-old's fist. Well, somewhere in between. Depends on the size of the child. It's, it's big. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It is a very big dumpling. But, yeah, these are the dumplings you're talking about, right? Yes, and oh, if man. you eat sort of like six or seven of these, you're pretty much done. Oh, and they're really cheap. Yeah, they're like 25 US cents per dumpling oh, on average. Goodness. You're really selling Georgia right I now. Know. I'm like, I know. Place to be spend next your year. summer in Georgia. Hashtag spend your summer in Georgia. <laughs> this is why we moved here for the, the whole year. We're going to be here all year. The sad thing is at the Damn. moment, there's a bit of political tension going on um, with Russia, as there oh. quite frequently is. And. Um, Putin has actually just cancelled all of the flights from Russia to Georgia, and he's ban- he's pretty much banning all of the Russians from coming here for their vacation. And currently, up until now, Russians were the large majority of people Damn. that were visiting 
Georgia. We're getting, they're getting more Germans and more Americans and more international people are coming here, but the Russians were the majority of tourism. And he's just said, flights are canceled. You can't go there anymore. So this summer, they're really trying to do a push, which is why we're about to run off to a tourism event. They're doing a push to really try and encourage as many people to come here because it's an unknown country. There's so much that it has to offer. I mean, we've just been talking about the food, but the natural beauty is just out of this world as well. It's not ruined yet. I think that's the most important part. So many countries, Mm. they don't do sustainable tourism very well. And so like 10 years after their tourism boom started, it's like everything is tourist stuff mm-hmm. and it sucks. Oh, yeah. Whereas here, it's completely unspoiled, maybe a little bit right in the heart of downtown of the capital. Mm-hmm. But pretty much anywhere else you go, people still treat you like a guest rather than that flock of tourists that comes in and ruins our life. Yeah. People are actually That's awesome. very happy to have you here. And, and the, I hope yeah, they we, can sustain that. I don't know if they can, which is why you should probably come here soon. I, I think <laughs> I they want to. I don't know, I don't if, know anyone if anyone can. can. Yeah, the no, problem it's is hard. Tourism changes no the place a lot. Yeah. Tolerance. The economy is not, not great. I mean, people do not have a lot of money, and the opportunity to make more money means that they will start becoming more capitalist in that sense, and, and I don't mm-hmm. blame them for that, of course. But yeah, come here now. Even like in the last three years since we first came here, the differences are quite clear. Prevalent. It is developing very fast. Oh, and by the way, Chris, um, Um, we got married here last year in four days. And how much was it to get at the registry to get married? The 10-minute ceremony and the marriage certificate (laughs) came with wine. Came with four glasses of wine for us and the two witnesses. It was 35 US dollars. Yeah. Wow. My celebrant in Australia with the certificate is $800. Yeah, yeah. So you you could have just flown here. Could have flown here and had a vacation at the same time. And does that stick? <laughs> because I can't have three weddings. You guys are from Sorry? so by your accents from the UK and Australia, correct? Yeah. So, how does that stick with getting married in Georgia? Very oh, easy. Yeah, actually, it's the crazy thing. Here's the story of it: is we were on a free walking tour with uh, a company called Tbilisi Free Walking Tours. We already there knew each go. other. Mm-hmm. We didn't meet. We knew each other. Decided to get married that day. But um, the guy who was running the tour said, do you want to go to the Soviet statue or do you want... Like, and there was a big group of people. It was like 20 people. Or do you want to go to the futuristic building? And he did a vote with everyone and they decided to go to the futuristic building. So off we go. And it turns out the futuristic building is the house of... just Like the public house. Mm-hmm. like the Yeah, like judicial building. Judicial building, they whatever. They do all of the arbitrations. It's just got a really admin. cool architectural design to it. And it was a Sunday and we walk in and they had this, there was this big flashing sign that just said like ma- marriage registrations here. And we both saw it and went, oh, okay, right here. Well, okay, cool. And we went out <laughs> for lunch afterwards and both of us said, did you see like the marriage registry thing? And we're like, yeah. And we're like, wonder how easy it is to get married here. So over some Kankali and a lot of wine, <laughs> we, <laughs> we Googled it and it turns out that all you need is um, your passports translated in to Georgian. And two okay. witnesses who are Georgian. Well, they don't have to be Georgian, but no, that just, just made it easier. Yeah. If we, they were foreign, they would have also had to get their passports translated. Translate. And okay. we wouldn't have understood any of the ceremony because it was all in Georgian. So having Georgian witnesses made the ceremony a lot easier for so us. So if you wanted to get married just at the desk right there, it was free? Yeah, it's free oh, if you just what? turn up to the desk. If you really, really can't afford to get married, we decided we wanted to have a ceremony, and they had this lovely little chapel out the back, and so we decided on the ten-minute ceremony, 
um, and we invited everybody that we knew at that time from the walking Lucy tour. To come along. We we yeah. we did. The, our witnesses was the guy who ran that walking tour. Oh my god, I was going to ask that, but. I'm yeah, he, he's actually the owner of the company, Levan, uh, who's a good friend of ours now. And we said to him, do you have like a female witness? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned out that it was uh, the chick who took us on a tour two weeks before. <laughs> so we knew her as well. And uh, they were our two witnesses. She brought me a bouquet of flowers because that's what the, the maid of honor does. Mm-hmm. Like Aww. she was just the sweetest because she was worried that I wouldn't have a bouquet because we did it all in four days. Mm-hmm. Damn. And because uh, cool. we were leaving the country, that's why uh, we did it so quickly. But it was really, really just this wonderful experience, and we had so much fun. And it was a really and great day with these people that we hardly legally. knew. But it's completely legal, yeah. yeah. Huh. It's recognised in Australia and the UK, so no problem. Damn, I mean, yeah, cool. you have to look and make sure that it is recognised in your country if you get married anywhere that it is automatically yeah. recognised elsewhere. But for us, it was yeah. It's just like they're like, sure, that's so cool. I wish I knew this before I dropped <laughs> 20 grand on a wedding. <laughs> Sorry. And I've still got another one to do next year. Yeah, you've got two weddings. <laughs> two weddings. I might do a third one in Georgia just, just to, something to do. We did well, that two. one will only set you back 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all I'll have left after yeah. two weddings. So that's perfect. <laughs> uh, with a couple of quarters left to get some of those amazing sounding dumplings the size of a nine-year-old's fist. Well, that was the yeah. thing. After we finished, we... Everybody who came to our the, that wedding was like uh, nine people, including us. We said, we'll treat you all to lunch. And we went out to this restaurant and we all ate as much as we wanted and drank as much as we wanted and had a merry old time. And it all cost 92 US dollars in total. We paid for the whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Wow. Oh. Well, I just have one more question because um, I've heard you mention cooking classes a couple times and I've that's something my mom's always loved to do. So whenever my, my mom and I travel together, she'll find cooking classes. So we did one in Mexico, um, which was amazing. But how do you guys go about, like, for advice for people listening, finding cooking classes in foreign countries and knowing that they're going to be authentic and good? I don't know if, if we've got a big system for that. It's just looking... You kind of get a vibe. Yeah, I suppose you just look at the it's photos m- of... It's marvelous. Yeah, it's the vibe. You look at the it's photos the vibe of the and thing. It just be like, does that look like it's authentic or does it look like it's really lame or, or what? Yeah. I, there I are know. companies these days like with locals that, you know, essentially it's local people that are offering their time and their services. I don't know necessarily about the quality, but it's no. meant to be a local experience. I, I don't know. We just kind of go with the vibe of it. And, yeah, and, I mean, you and can if also... it feels like it's something that you want to learn about and if it feels like something that you would enjoy because i mean okay so if you're looking at a cooking class online and it looks like it's one of those sort of like master chef kitchens mm-hmm. that is already and i'm not saying that they're bad i'm yeah, just saying it's not they can be really yeah. good but it's just not so much of a you know you're cooking in grandma's house yeah. kind of experience so i don't know i just it depends what you're looking for and depends what your budget is of course mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, but I wish yeah. I, I've lost the article that I was looking at earlier, but th- I know that there are, there is like a company that does a lot of, um, I think they're mostly based in Europe, but they pair you up with like local hosts to do different things. So like a lot of them can include cooking classes, but also just like different tours 
depending on what's big in that city, I guess, or town that you're in. Um, yeah, I think generally being hooked up with a local is, is a good start. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Well, that's about all the questions <laughs> I had. <laughs> yeah, and I think right. you guys said you needed to you needed to jump off. Do we have time for a quick game of Would You Rather? Just three very simple yes, like choose between two <laughs> things kind of questions. Yeah. Of course, I've always got time you for You say they're rather. simple, but I don't know. Some of these, I don't even know if I can answer them. <laughs> uh, we've got two each, so we can, we can fire them off and then... Uh, then we'll let you go to your tourist event, and I'm going to go to bed because it's it's getting late here. I'm going to go eat cold pizza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm very hungry. After All right, Kate, you're up. Okay, would you rather give up pizza forever or never to be never be able to have dessert again? Oh well, I'm going with the pizza. Screw dessert. We very rarely get to dessert, actually. Oh, so you oh, give damn. up dessert. Yeah, by dessert. Pizza, yeah. By, a, by a long, long, long way. Yeah, I... Pizza's one of the <laughs> best foods ever invented. I think I'd agree with you guys there. All right, I've got one that might be a bit harder for you. Actually, I know it's going to be harder because of this conversation we've been having. Would you rather give up carbs or dairy forever? I hate you. <laughs> I chose death. I literally told Kate I would literally just immolate like a pillar of flame in the middle of the <laughs> restaurant. I couldn't choose. No, because uh, geez, because dairy's meant to go with carbs. It goes uh, so nicely. They're happy. They're a family. Don't break up the family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to choose. You have to choose one. Oh, you must choose. You must choose. I don't know. I, cheese is literally one of my favorite foods. And even right. though I, I love carbs in some senses, I think I love cheese in every sense. So I'm going to go okay. with dairy. I actually think I'm going to go carbs. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. I'm a carb queen. We know that already. Yeah, I think I'd go with carbs. I couldn't not eat pasta. I know, right? Pizza! I couldn't couldn't not eat cheese. What did you eat? I couldn't not eat bread. That's what would kill me. Yeah, losing bread would be terrible because I'd be having my pizza with unlike cauliflower Cauliflower. base. Oh, that's actually not bad. Actually, you know what's good is the sweet potato. Sweet potato crust is good. Ooh, but it never sticks together. All the, 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 the videos they do online are like, look, I just made this cauliflower crust or whatnot. It never sticks together if you make it yourself. You have to do I've done uh, the Rochelle... sweet potato crust thing, and that one's really good, and it actually tastes like real crust, and it gives a sweetness to mm. it. All right. So I can, I can... Rochelle has just pointed out that, that a lot of fruit and veg also have carbs in it. <laughs> Which, But I'm like, no, no, we're just talking no, bread no, and no, pasta. No, 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 no. You're talking carbs. Otherwise we'd all Gluten. die. Gluten. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not carb nothing groups, yeah, yeah. not not every single carbohydrate <laughs> on the planet. Because I'm pretty sure be cheese weird. has carbohydrates in it. Quite possibly. All right, almost certainly because it has sugars in milk. My second so. one is: um, Would you rather only be able to eat tacos once a year, or you have to eat one taco a day forever? <laughs> one taco a day forever. Hello. That sounds yeah, easy. It's only one yeah, taco. It's <laughs> tiny. It's, is it one of those tacos with, with pig uterus in it, or are we talking just any taco? That's a good point. Any taco. If it's the same taco every day. But no, I guess it, ha- it would just be like a little chore that you do in the morning. Yeah. And you'll be like, cool, that's done. Now I can eat whatever I want. I love fun. tacos. That would be a great chore. Yeah, tacos are great. I think we ate almost one taco a day when we lived in Mexico every day. Oh, yeah, when yeah, I lived in Mexico. Much. But that was the problem. Because like, when I lived in Mexico, I got so sick of Mexican food. Well, and I, I don't think I ever got sick Mexican of it. Food. 
<laughs> we lived there for 15 months and I don't think I ever got sick wow. of it. No, nah, but we ate other food at home. There's a lot of seafood. Too. Yeah, and so much seafood in the Yucatan where we were living. Yeah, that's where I was So too. we just went out for seafood like three times mm. a week and it was I so good. I wasn't making a lot of money when I was in Mexico, so I was just eating street food all the time. Uh, Fair enough. Chris, all right, I think one? I have one, but I, it's not fully formed. It's not fully formed yet. But uh, uh, would you rather eat durian pizza or... <laughs> um, oh, you don't know what durian is? I know what is? that is, but... Yeah. I know it's what like, it is. It's like... If, were po- if poop were a fruit, it would be durian. Um, <laughs> so it's durian pizza or a uh, fried tarantula taco. Fried tarantula yeah, taco. Yeah, I'd go with the tarantula. Having already had yeah. it, I, I can tell you it's better than durian. Because it's just salty uh, crunchy. I mean, yeah, it's not durian. Any, I mean, did you guys eat chapolinas when you were in Mexico? I've not the, been. It's fried crickets. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I've had that in so China. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Cricket. So it's fried just cricket. salty crunchy. It's great. Pizza. It's crispy. It's like With slightly Durian's burnt fries. Durian's like eating old man soggy oh. feet. With garlic. Oh, yeah. I, it, I always think of it like toe jam. Yeah. Ew. That's yeah. what I picture when I... On that note, what a great episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How did we you get back try to Durian, horrible though. food again? <laughs> yeah, let's finish on a positive note. Um, um... Absolute favorite dish in the world. One dish. Go. Gunderhead. It's still pizza in Naples for me, but that's really <laughs> yeah, hard. Mine would be that's pizza. only because the gun's to the head and I haven't got a lot of time. Yeah, I do pizza. But pizza in All Naples, right. Napoli specifically. I haven't been to Italy yet. But it's on the it's list. so different but... when you actually have find a pizzeria in Naples that is doing it perfectly. It is a completely different world. I'll, I'll add Good that to know. To I'm going to Europe next year. I'm, I'm writing all this down. Yeah, yeah do Georgia. it. Georgia, come visit us in Georgia. Hell yeah! I want to. I want. I really want to go. I know. After this conversation, I really want to. Literally, looking up flights. Well, before yeah. you go, we should get your like your shameless plugs. Yeah. So if yep. you want to drop any of your social handles, websites, podcast names, that's we'll put them in the in the links at the bottom as well. But go to yeah. cool uh yeah well we do a um food history travel podcast called the dish so we uh focus on certain dishes around the world and talk about where they what the history is and where they came from and how they came to you know being on our uh, plates today um that's all at foodfuntravel.com slash the dish um i'm just about to launch a new podcast next week actually uh called girls talk travel and it's all about female travel um i'm joined with my host alice my co-host alice from uh tea cake Cake travels Travels, and we're talking girl stuff it's a no holes barred (laughs) girly chat about uh what it's like to really travel as a woman, because uh, there's a lot of stuff people don't realize. Yeah, it's a bit raw. It's, it's a, a bit raw. It's a raw sort of thing. Nice. It's not. They're not cutting any corners or hiding any truths. It's no. uh, the realities. So it's interesting. So go to foodfuntravel.com/slash/the-dish if you want to check out that. If you want to check out Georgian food, because we've got a massive article that's like 50 plus things to eat in Georgia, and we are still finding new dishes since we got here. There are more dishes that we couldn't get into that article as well. Uh, you can go to foodfuntravel.com/slash/georgia podcast. And that will take you straight to that article and our double episode, double podcast episode on that. And if you want to go to Girls Talk Travel, the ladies out there want to listen to that. It's coming very, very soon. But the homepage is already up at foodfuntravel.com slash girls talk travel. 
So that's pretty Excellent. easy. And social media wise, I mean, just type food yeah. fun travel in. We're above food I'm fun so traveling. I'm so beyond social media these days. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't do a lot of social media. It's not really our, our big passion. So we're there. We exist. If you search Google, you'll find us because we are much, much yeah, higher up We are just not fun food traveling. Just fun food traveling is not as high fun as food us. Traveling. Fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go straight to them. Give them some love. They need it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, it's been fun you. chatting. I'm like starving to death now. I know. Yeah, um, we got to go. We got to go do some stuff and network yeah. a bit. All right. Well, um, Kate, I'll let you do the honors this week. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, well, thanks. Go uh, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Follow <laughs> us, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>